0: Thank you for a wonderful presentation. You had this message, in, excuse oh, sorry. me, sorry, sorry. Uh, you've I had thought these, you were my
1: conscience there. I I <laughs> no,
0: no, you've had this message in place for I think more than a, a few months now, and I'm wondering what trajectory you see for success in in achieving some uh, recognizing we have a mandate to get to, to uh, 50 by 30, but uh, in terms of the creating the financial incentives uh, to, to in, incent this and make it move, move along. Then could I also tack on to that one question about the relationship between uh, the state and FERC. I heard yesterday of a Hudson Valley zone, which uh, is presumably to enable peaking power by creative federal incentives to bring in gas-fired uh, facilities into that zone seeming to counter, which is, we, we looked at this and feel it's going to encourage quite a bit of, of gas use in that area. We wonder how this goes against some of the things you're trying to do, and is there any resolution to that kind of problem, if I'm right?
1: Okay, so I'll take the second part, and then I'm, I'm going to call out to our utility colleagues in the room that can talk about the first part of your question, because it really goes to them. We, you know, the. What we've done in government is we've, we've laid out, if you think about, just back up for one second, if you think about the uh, the point about uh, 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 the rebuilding of the IT system that we did or the uh, telephony system in the country, uh, government didn't do that based upon uh, a whole series of mandates. We didn't say we're going to do a certain number of switches or a certain number of modems, right? We well, were some... Some broad policy frameworks were set up, and then the private sector figured it out. And that's what we're trying to do here in the power sector. And so uh, so we've tried to create a policy framework in which the private sector can, uh, the utilities can work with the solar companies and other innovative energy companies. And so uh, we've created these different kinds of financial incentives, so I'm going to have the utilities respond to see what they think, all right? Uh, on the FERC thing this is an example where um, you know we can we're, we haven't we haven't relied upon the federal government for anything that we're doing we didn't rely upon the federal government it wasn't the cl- the Obama clean power plan that uh, initiated our policies We're doing the things in New York because we think it's the right thing to do from an efficient from an economic standpoint there are a million people in New York that are having difficulty paying their power bills Uh from a resiliency standpoint, from an economic development standpoint, and we've been using state authorities to do things. Having said that, FERC controls the wholesale markets, as I said, because uh, in New York State, utilities don't own generation. Generation, uh, the compensation for generators comes from wholesale markets, and that's FERC's jurisdiction. So if you think about that chart and the grid of you know, yesterday, it really made sense to think of a line of demarcation between wholesale markets at the federal level and retail markets being governed by the state. Well, when electrons start flowing in one direction, more than one direction, and you have you know, the possibility of my trading power with you, that begins to, home to home, that starts to break down. And so we do need to have a new partnership between uh, 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 FERC and the states, that has not happened yet. Uh, and the point about the zones, I mean, this is the, in terms of the, uh, this is, uh, I guess, like psychotherapy, you know, what really works. I mean, the, 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 the argument in favor of, of integrated utilities, uh, where utility zone generation is about cost, because utilities uh, have lower, you know, lower cost of capital. And so that's why that's the argument why f- about half the states the utilities own generation, the argument about competitive markets and the, uh, is exactly the same argument that 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 competition in generation uh, is going to result in lower costs even if the cost of capital of the of competitive market actors that build generation is higher than the utility. So the so if we believe in competitive markets in uh, wholesale markets, uh, generally. However, uh, it's it's up to the ISO and FERC to uh, be sure that there are adequate resources and that the market works properly. And so they, they felt that they needed to set up a new zone. We didn't agree with the, the zone. We didn't agree with the timing of the new zone. But ultimately, that was uh, that was their decision. And, and in terms of what resources come into the market, you know, this is... Uh, we have our policies, but ultimately uh, market participants uh, decide what they want to build. They're putting their capital at risk.
2: Who wants to take? All right. So uh, John Brock, the National Grid. And uh, I, too, want to thank you, Richard, for the presentation. It was um, it, it's, it's always insightful when we hear from you, so I appreciate it. Um, and and I, I will start as far as the success. I think the question was, what does Richard think is the success going forward, right, of the evolution of that market? Um, so I can't answer for Richard, um, but I'll answer for National Grid. And, and I think there's a couple of things that, that have proven out. So first and foremost, I think we'll be successful. There's no question about it. I think we will be successful. Um, I don't know that I would put a time frame on it. You know, Richard says 50% by 2030. We'll get there. I don't, I don't know exactly when we'll arrive, but I can tell you some of the things that are making it happen, right? So Richard talked about the dynamic of the policy and what what's keeping... The if you will the paradigm the way it is which is look you know invest more you earn more of an invest uh, a return on that investment is a utility but things are changing right so uh, through policy we we are now incented and we have earning adjustment mechanisms that go beyond just continuing to add capital so the way we see our business is we do know that there is a place for investment. And it's not just for a load or additional load or capacity to meet peak demand in the summer. There's reliability investment that that needs to be made as well. So I think we do have to bucketize certain investments. So when we look at reliability investments, I think we may have to put them in a different bucket than investments for adding for peak demand and and so forth. But those earning adjustment mechanisms is new. It's new for us as well, and, and it's significant. I won't go to the dollars that it provides this opportunity for. But I will tell you one thing utilities don't like to do is leave opportunity on the table. So we're not yet taking the advantage of what the what staff has provided for us in rates as far as an opportunity to earn the maximum return on those investments. But be sure we will. We will because it's the right thing to do, uh, not only for our customers, not only for us as employees, but also for our shareholders as well, which we need to be, be attuned to. I also will share that. There is more, I, and I commend Con Ed as well for their solutions. I, I think they're terrific, but it also creates momentum in our industry as a whole. And when we look next door to our neighbor and we see what they're doing, it's, it incites us to do the same thing. And we're doing things in, in New York is, with non-wire solutions, smaller scale. Um, um, I won't say to prove the technology, because I think in many cases, demo projects will work. That's why we put them on the table but we need to prove that we can scale them. And then with our colleagues in New England, we too have solutions where we've thwarted additional capital where um, you know, if you take the island in Nantucket, we were looking at a you know, $100 million investment to bring in another cable, which would just be for peak demand in the summer. We've put that aside and we've gone through a battery storage solution, which will provide that same capacity, but we don't need that excess of 100. So those solutions are there. I think what we need to do is continue to multiply those opportunities. They are there. Um, but again, balance and reliability and investment for for unutilized capital fuel. I think we have to be a little more careful about.
3: Uh, Stuart Nacmey, as for Con Edison, uh, just appreciate the opportunity to be here and uh, I agree also with many things John said. I just wanted to m- maybe bring a little reality uh, to the question. Um, and one of the examples. Uh, in the Brooklyn-Queens Demand Management Program is a place called Marcus Garvey, a low-income housing complex that really took advantage of the program and they participated, there's solar on the rooftops, Uh, they have a battery that's able to provide uh, resiliency but also peak reduction uh, for us, Um, and there's also a fuel cell uh, there as part of the solution, um, uh, which is great uh, using national grid uh, gas uh, to fuel it. Um. Uh, but what makes it work is not only the innovation, the third-party partners um, that have been very active and working with customers, which is great, the new technologies that have been developed, um, and uh, the incentives I think Richard talks about um, uh, in terms of reducing the cost to customers. But there's one other piece of it, and maybe just to bring up the $200 million um, that was allocated for the program instead of the $1.2 billion. and we've done this, by the way, in about a half a dozen other locations, uh, smaller scale, Uh, throughout our service territory, but we also recover those $200 million as a regulatory asset uh, over about a 10-year period, and that really is a benefit to customers because we don't want to recover all the money in one year. Uh, customers change, first of all, over time, so we want to recover from the customers we have. Uh, We also want to uh, uh, recover it over the time period that there'll be a benefit that we anticipate from those investments uh, uh, and those assets that are put in place with the third parties. So that is a piece of the puzzle that really is beneficial to utilities, uh, because it gives more certainty in terms of uh, the stream, both for customers and bill impacts, as well as, as for utilities and financing that over that period of time. So I just wanted to add that to the equation. And I think as a package, it really works. And uh, we're working, I think, very well with many third parties in many different areas, uh, not, only, um, not only on these programs.